So I'm going to start this one because I worked real hard to get these facts for everyone. I'm a feared. So since this is the wonderful episode of the four-letter word tool, and we have a release and we have them being tool and whatnot. So I went and I found some tool trivia and fun facts. So I'm going to get right into this, okay? Ooh, this, is all, this is all about tools, okay? Me. The plural of scissors is still scissors. The small indented area in the front half of the nose of New England style pliers is for removing the burr from the end of a piece of cut conduit. I actually knew that. But not for needle nose pliers? Did you know that it's considered very bad luck to have scissors come apart during use, give or receive scissors as a gift, <laughs> open and close scissors during a wedding? The groom will actually become impotent if that happens. I thought wow. they cut something at a wedding. Isn't that, is it? No, it's, it's, uh, I'm like so confused right now. They stomp on you the, on also the can not use scissors on New Year's Day. It is bad luck. Oh, fuck that. Because I'm cutting shit for days on New what Year's Day. What about vampire tools? Are we talking about those too? Because I get I stuff on vampire tools. Anthony, I, think, I feel like you're confused. I was born confused. Wait, we're not talking about like like these tools? Dude, that, <laughs> you, you completely. You told, you told me to get stuff on tools, bro, so I did, right? You completely misread the episode notes, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm out. He had that whole section on sledgehammers. <laughs> Can we hear that? It was the, <laughs> Maybe later. It was the penis stretchers I was interested. I mean... Um. <laughs> they still make those? But it is uh, funny, though, because I do want to bring out that actually looking... When I typed in tool, like every other one was like, oh, yard worker, construction puns. I'm like, cool. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so. so <laughs> what? Thank you for joining us on the Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack Podcast. Today's episode is everything and anything. Well, not everything and anything, but all we are going to talk about today is the historic band tool. And then sometime in this al- this episode, we are going to uh, discuss the brand new tool album that was released on August 30th. We're not going to discuss it now. We're not going to discuss it now. We're going to hold our opinions towards the end. And we may have some uh, special surprises for you later, which you can listen to the whole episode to find out can, what. Wait, or can, read the episode notes, because I'll probably give him credit there. I, I, now I kind of want to do something. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Like, because it's... Like, this is an open You guys form. got at least, like, you know, probably about 90 minutes or so until we get to our review. Maybe yeah. less. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, right off the bat, the album sucks. Moving on, guys. <laughs> I want all the Tool fans to be <laughs> dying until they get to the end of this episode. Yeah. You're going to be crying for another reason other than listening to the album? Wow. In a good way. Wow. In a good way. Tears uh, of what? joy. Sometimes it's just fun to poke the bees hive. You know? The bees hive or beehive? 
This is the bees own like like See, I already have things that I actually want to propose, but I don't want to wait until like we actually get closer to the to the actual review status. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fray for my 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 desired path for what I feel like this episode would be. So we haven't done a tribute We haven't done a tribute album like a tribute episode since Pantera. Since the Pantera episode, and like we did that, and we were inspired, unfortunately, by Dimebag Daryl's loss, brother. And his brother and Vinnie Paul. So uh, when when Dimebag and Vinnie Paul, like we all decided that we had to like kind of like take a step back and like say what the world, like what Pantera did to the world. Before we so run now, out of Pantera, it took 13 years for Tool to come out with like another album. It's like so since 10,000 Days, it was approximately 10,000 days later, and it's been about 27 years almost to the month that uh, Undertow was released. Interesting. Undertow. As so, opposed to an overtow. Pre-tow goes under itself instead of over. Undertow. Oh, not the camel toe. So our um, different. Our pre-show meeting wasn't very <laughs> wasn't very thorough as as far as how we wanted to like kind of go like go forward with this. So I figured I would actually start with like some fun facts. Ooh. I have a fun fact. Is it about the band, Anthony, or you like- <laughs> are you going to reach inside your handy-dandy tool belt over there? You leave, you leave home improvement that's alone. That's weird. That's right? actually a weird, weird description as, <laughs> as far as what tool I think is actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's not a belt. Um, I actually found this one. I thought this was, if people don't know this, uh, there's the Lateralis album. Yes. Yes. Um, so I've heard of it. This is called what is, there's a different way to listen to the album. Um... And it's called, quote-unquote, The Holy Gift. Uh, so, obviously, here is listed the regular track. I'm not going to, obviously, because if you have the album, or you know the album, you know. But this Holy Gift, the way you would listen to this is par- Parable, Parabola, Schism, Ticks and Leeches, Mantra, Lateralis, Fip de Oid, we go with that, uh, The Grudge, Triad, Eon Blue Apocalypse, Reflection, The Patient, and A Disposition. So this order has to do with the Fibonacci sequence as the numbers form a spiral, and many of the songs lead into each other. Which is kind of interesting. I thought that was kind of cool. That album's an odd one. (laughs) Find me one that's not. (laughs) Opiate's pretty, pretty basic. That's, that's, I mean, it's it's the EP, yeah. And... Funny enough, here's your trivia. Not the first album they made. Neither is Undertow. Correct. I believe it was on a cassette. Yes, their first known album, as, 91. Known as... I just had it, too. 1,500 uh, copies were made. Known as 72826. 91 on cassette. Limited quantities of 1,500 and sold through the mall. I'm sorry, through the mail yeah, for five doll hairs. Yeah. Six songs. Three on each side. So since we're uh, we're still in the starting chapter of this episode, I actually figured like I would actually have like a round ra- a roundtable discussion, including everybody like right now. Now the four of us here, we can all agree, Tool is iconic. Absolutely. Whether it be the members, whether it be the message, whether it may like maybe like the whole package. So I figured we can all like take like a couple of seconds and like maybe. Their first tool experience, their first tool impression, like... Well, it's building this birdhouse, right? Well, yep. let and me uh, clarify. Is it my first 
tool experience, like one of the members or something like that. It's really kind of like up to the I knew about, or perhaps I listened to something and didn't realize it was. It's up to interpretation. So, like, whatever. And you years feel. later, I found out. Again. Okay. So, regardless, why don't you start? Okay. So, um, this is really like a. Uh, um, I know that the, 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 the entire band is very accomplished musically. Um, they, they, there really isn't a weak weak point in the lineup for Tool, um, but as with many people, I focus on the vocalist, focus on Maynard James Keenan, um, and the first time I ever heard Tool was uh, Undertow, uh, Sober. Um, and I mean, it was at the time it was, there was no genres like it. Um, grunge was the huge hit at the time. Metal was kind of like trying to evolve into grunge. Um, and Tool comes out with this genre defying everything. Um, and it was a big deal. Well, years later, I'm doing some research on Tool, Maynard James Keenan, uh, when I got into Pusfer. Um, and I didn't realize that Tool wasn't the first thing I heard Maynard James Keenan in. For those of you who aren't familiar with one of Maynard James Keenan's first projects, um, or first mainstream projects, uh, Limp Bizkit. The band Green Jello now and the are three little pigs. What they've been changed to is Green Jelly yeah. after being sued by Jello. What? Um, <laughs> the yeah, famous for the little pig song. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Maynard James Keenan is part of that band. I can't believe that they got sued. Oh, well, I can believe that. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, this is like that. Kid uh, Krispy Kreme, he got sued. <laughs> now his name is Froggy Fresh or whatever. <laughs> that kid that's like blowing up in all those viral videos. Have my first name be Froggy? Yeah. Uh. Be rough. <laughs> hey, could be worse. Uh. Richard. So Head. that was my unwitting uh, first experience with James Maynard James Keenan. Interesting. It, it, and things made a little more sense to the. Mentality of Maynard James <laughs> King going forward. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Yes. So, unfortunately for me, I uh, I, I couldn't really get into like the 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 metal scene, the popular metal and heavy music scene for a long time. Uh, number one, because I was, as I've said before, I was a little sheltered growing up. And then when I got to the age where I could listen to all my own music, I was working three jobs and going to high school. So. I didn't have a whole lot of time, but the first memorable time, I'm sure I heard him before, I just didn't know about it. The first memorable time that I ever heard uh, Tool music was at my first job, and it was it's a toss-up, because every time I hear either song, it's like, wow, like is this the first one I heard? It's either Sober or The Plot. I, I don't know which one it was. It was, but like every time it's like... It's like that, that, but like that's the classic Tool sound. That mm-hmm. like You can tell exactly what band it is when they start playing. Especially either one of those songs. They're super notorious for those songs anyway. The Pot's actually then, one of my favorites. Prison Sex. And mm-hmm. then, uh, 
following that, you know, because like you, I'd be, I did furniture deliveries. That was my first job ever, like all over New England. So you need tools for that. You'll be, you'll be in the truck for like literally 12 hours a day, like just delivering all over New England. It was crazy, and uh, so I'd, uh, after hearing, you know, it's AAF. So after hearing the same like 30 songs every day for like two years. I was like, hey, maybe I should do like some of my own research into some of these bands. Like, that's how I got into uh, Atreyu because Become the Bull was all over that, mm-hmm. and, and Tool and all these other things. And then I saw his uh, uh, the live performance of Sober at uh, what festival was that? One of the early festivals where he's got like the like he Maynard's got a mohawk, but he didn't like do anything to it, so it just looks like sloppy purple hair all over his head. It's like half shaved, and he's doing all those weird contortions and stuff on oh, stage okay. while he's singing so like, he wasn't in the grafters that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was uh that was my first audio and visual experience of tool those are the earliest things i can remember of them and now every single time a tool song a new tool song comes out or everyone anyone talks about a tool performance that's exactly what comes into my mind is those two songs and watching him convulse in front of a microphone and freak people out on one foot on one foot with a dilapidated mohawk. Ah, dilapidated. <laughs> um, I suppose for me, um, unfortunately, Tool was never my first choice when it comes to music. I mean, <gasps> I, I know, I know. Look, Anthony was busy listening to Smash Mouth. That's none of your business. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I enjoy Tool. Like I, I've, I've actually grown more in time, and Gross. I've enjoyed more. Th- oh, yeah, those, those pills, they really help. Um, I, they, be, I become. More, on Jeremy lies. Yeah, on Jeremy lies. I become more. I don't want to use the word, use the word accepting, but like I, I understand it more. Like I've actually dwelled in it more. I actually find the songs and actually, you know, I, I start to enjoy them. I same with a lot of bands. Uh, Led Zeppelin actually being one. Like I didn't like Led Zeppelin until like three years ago. How dare you? How dare you? I have a question, Anthony. I will not answer. Who you are you finish. to wave your finger? <laughs> he must have been out your head. Um. <laughs> To be honest, one of, I mean, obviously, those are the ones on the radio. You you know, you get you get your sober, your schism, and the pot. Um, but I think the first time I really listened to it, and this is going to be weird, but so I used to play this wonderful game called a rock band. And you had to do, like, the one where you had to play through all the songs, uh. you know, with, like, whatever you get the achievement or whatnot. Yeah. So there's, like, three Tool songs on there, and, like, Vicarcerous Vicar- uh, is one of them. Mind you, like, Vicarcerous is literally, like, a seven-plus-minute song. And it's, like, all instrumental. And I'm like, I just want this to end. <laughs> this is a very long song. Seven Good minutes Lord. is, like, I mean, half that, the that, amount that's, of time. That's mild. Don't get me wrong. New, new but, yeah, right. but, like, but like it was one of those things, like, there's, like, parts of that song where there's, like, no nothing. There's just, like, some guitar. And I'm just, like, sitting there. Like, all right. Do I... Is it is it done? Oh, I'm playing again. All right. <laughs> and then it stops. Like, is it done now? No, it's not. Shot. But... Um, again, like I said, I think I've grown uh, A buddy of mine that I work with actually Gave me the Opiate album to kind of Listen to a little bit, and I mean, that's a lot more raw And I've enjoyed that album Very much um, But yeah I, I'm slowly, I'm learning more and more 42, uh, I'm sorry, 46 and 2 I really enjoy uh, Jambi I really enjoy So I'm getting there Not well Jambi, just, I always think that It's named the after the PB's Playhouse Genie. That's funny. Haha. All right, so the ah. best the best I can, I'm going to paint you a beer-induced poem. Oh, no. Ooh, yeah. Does that mean you just throw up? Somebody <laughs> grab his mic. 
I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it on me. I'm gonna call this poem September 17th, 1996. Okay. This is the uh, <laughs> okay. that would be the day that Enema was released. The reason. The How reason, long had you been holding on to that Enema? And was your fist stinky? It was the stink fist. Mm-hmm. You guys let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a few important things that happened in uh, on September 17th, 1996. And there's actually a few there's a, there's actually a few like related like important things that happened in 1996. One, MTV was actually still showing what were what are called kids music videos. Wow. Some, what? Some that's time. um, that's a thing where like it actually started with like a little discogra- discography. It would actually have like a song name, where the album, what album it was on, the artist that performed it, the uh, the label that released it, and whatnot. Um, they used to play these like over and over and over again, like, like viral videos, like kind of like music television, like music was on television, kind of a thing. Whoa! Now it's really cool thing. See, I lived in the golden age when it was twenty four hours of it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> weird. The, uh, the, the, the short version of the, the long story that I'm trying to paint for you is the, my, my tool experience started with the song uh, Stink Fist off of the album Enema. Gross. <laughs> and if you were there in September 17, 1996, or probably three or four years like afterwards, you got to experience the, uh, the music video that was Stink Fist. And the the cool thing about Tool was always that like they had like their this mystical being about themselves. They never used to photograph. They would never take photo shoots. Like when they did interviews, they They're wouldn't do key. they wouldn't do TV performances. Now they did that for a couple of reasons. One, they wanted to keep their own privacy. Two, I think they I think J- Maynard James Keenan wanted to keep that mysticism about oh, this, yeah. partic- this about this particular project. But when so. When they released their their music video, I want to say it might have been the first music video that was ever made that was like all claymation. Um, the video for Sober. Survey says the the guy who does their videos is one of the is like one of the, a brother to someone on the band. Okay. Well, um. thank you. But he's like their artistic director. So at the time, I'm going to call it their biggest. Because I didn't see the I didn't see the video for Sober. Well, no, no. The, I didn't like, actually know. I didn't actually know a video for Sober actually the, existed. It's weird. You wouldn't think like. Yeah, it was Sober. Which is fine. So fun facts. Let me just say Tool as like as like a whole like they like they might have been like the first to like actually kind of like started with like claymation. They didn't want to be the forefront of anything. They wanted their artistic vision. They wanted their, yeah. me- like, whatever their message was, they wanted their music to be the real heart and soul of, like, what they were doing. But at the same time, I will say that they understood that they needed to have something out there to get to the masses kind of a thing. Because also in, 19, like, September 17th, 1996, everybody raise your hand if you knew somebody that owned the T-shirt that had Tool on it. They had, yeah. like, so much marketing, like, secretly. <laughs> yeah, whatever. If they're listening, though, like, they, they either you or you knew somebody who had a Tool t-shirt. Even if you didn't like the fucking you music, you had a Tool t-shirt. But, 
The biggest thing for me, like as far as starting out, is the song Stink Fist. And unpopular. An interesting choice. I'm going to throw out an unpopular opinion. Stink Fist, or maybe not necessarily an unpopular opinion, but my personal opinion. I listen to a lot of heavy music. I listen to a lot of music that has like really cool epic buildups. I have a lot of I listen to a lot of music that has like a lot of like epic solos. Stinkfist is one of the heaviest, most exciting songs that has ever been written in the history of music. You know what is about to happen right when that song starts. It has a like a cool heaviness about it. It has a cool like overall like aesthetically pleasingness about it. And when I say unpopular opinion, I mean that's really just my well, opinion. Well, no, I, I'm I'm curious. Like, do you know what the song's about? You can educate us if you'd like. Well, uh, <laughs> I ask these things because sometimes people don't want to know. They have their own idea. Like, and that's the reason why Tool doesn't do liner notes. Yeah, they don't. I'm do going. They don't do lyrics. I'm going over the overall sense of the song. Okay, the song is about love. Sure. Um, and it's about like the most intimate of, of love touching someone's heart through their butthole through and getting a sticky their ass. fist. Oh my God. <laughs> like reaching so far into somebody you touch that you their can heart. touch their heart. <laughs> Hello, ding. <laughs> um, Interesting. But with that being said, intro-wise, musicianship-wise, like musically-wise, like it's a it's a very exciting song. Oh yeah. And it's something I don't really feel like really envelopes like their whole their whole catalog per se because like I mean they've obviously gone in like very many different directions and but in my personal opinion and as far as like first reaction like tool like it's always been like stink fist like if I see a tribute act if I hear it on the radio like these are the things that I get like excited about and like that's always been like a song that like I'm very drawn to and I've been to like even other cover bands that like cover that and it's like it's like you it's like you know it's supposed to be there like sober that's sober is my song like yeah i feel like sober is like the karaoke well but stink uh, fist is like dude this song. is this is but the that, actual that, that shows the separation in generations for us like sober yeah. hit the radio oh, yeah. like when i used to drive to, to school every morning it was the same stuff on aaf <laughs> Weird. Um, and That's odd. Always driving, play the same thing. So every morning we'd hear, was it Roadhouse Blues by the Doors? Yep. And so we just got into this habit. Like, it would come on and we'd know the You could call the, the next song. <laughs> and it would be like, do-do-do. And Roadhouse Blues ended. And all of a sudden, like, Sober kicks in. And we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck is What's this? What's going on here? The heavens and have opened. It, it, was, it was such a like monumental moment in music. And I, I will say this. I'm not even a huge Tool fan. I don't really care for Tool all that much. I can't get into a lot of their music. Um, I, I listen to it. I un, like. I understand that it, it's musically amazing. Like it, They do an amazing job. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Like I don't really... Eh. I like some of the other projects. Um, but that being said, at the time when Sober came out, it was such a left turn in, in music. And music was already taking a left turn with grunge. Already, yeah. 
<laughs> one of the th one of the things I'll always give like tool credit for like so like I go back like I said my my first my first like real experience with like with Enema and like obviously sober I mean that song's trans like trans descended like in the in the world like metal but one thing that I'll always give these guys is they have never how, how do I want to phrase this? they they've never like compromised they they compromised they've never like. I think they just play. They just kind of play what they want. They've never. Just, they just make well, their. They've music. never fallen they've in never line. They've never conformed. Because, <laughs> like conform. That's, they have that's never the word. Conformed. That's, that's the word that I'm actually looking for. Yes. Conform. Because how many bands nowadays do we talk about and do we like kind of like give the poo poo because like they're trying to follow the trend. <laughs> it's usually always like the junior album too. Like their first two albums, are like oh okay, they have their own sound. Then their third album, they're like uh, let's <laughs> just do what's popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you you say that because they started off that way. Um, I was just reading an article today that when they finally got picked up by a major label for Undertow, um, they the tracks for Undertow had already been written before Opiate. The EP mm -hmm. had been written, um, and so they presented their Undertow album to the to the reps, and the producer started to tell them, "Oh, I want to cut it here. I want to edit it here." <laughs> and they were like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "Well, y you don't understand. This is what we do." And they're like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> and in the end, they won out. Yep. Like it, that was one of the at the at time that was unheard of. Um, a band with a spine? How dare you? Well, and, that, and that's why, like, I kind of put him, Mike Patton, in that particular era up in that echelon because they came in and they didn't, they knew what the music industry was like and they told the music industry to go fuck themselves. Yeah. So it, 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 at that time, it was so great to see that well, because I, you just didn't have that. Enough. Yeah. I mean, weirdly off track, but I mean, Queen, Freddie Mercury is the same thing. And they went Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like, yeah, oh, now right. we're going to have this acapella part. They're yeah. like, what? Yeah. And then, like, the people that they originally were going to do it with. on the radio. Yeah, and then they were just like, no, fuck you. And then they yeah. left, and then they actually made it. And Well, <clears throat> if you look at Queen, too, like, things like that, Queen, with a lot of their their singles, they had their B-sides. Right. Um, and their B-sides were a lot of their throwaways that the studio didn't want them to put on the regular album. Yeah. A lot of these B-sides ended up being number one hits. Yeah, yep. weird. So, it, you know, and that's why... Bands like Tool, it, it surprises me that there aren't more little hidden gems out there. Mm. One day, like, there's going to be one person left alive in Tool. And that guy is going to be like, so here's three decades of Tool music. Yeah, that we've that never we've been That we've written. <clears throat> like, that's been in a vault. Yeah, the right. treasure chest. Yeah. Actually goes into like, some of my fun facts later, but. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. So. Come on now. You're at work. No cell phones at work. How dare you? Well, we have special guests today. Oh, that's true. Dun -dun. What I've always respected oh, okay. about Tool, though, is their uniqueness and their ability to give that one finger salute and be representative of it. Like, there's, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Tool fan either, but you, like, they're they're big enough to where like everybody's heard probably at least one of their songs. If you listen to any kind of rock radio yeah. ever, sure you're gonna hear a Tool song it. at least <clears throat> once in your life, and you're gonna know that exact sound. My and dad knows who Tool Tool is. So, my dad's rock and roll metal stopped at like Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, if I can actually piggyback off that, that is actually two 
podcast host that actually said they're not the biggest Tool fans. But what I will say is I know that you guys are out there because this is what happened. This funny thing happened. Uh, Tool, when uh, Fear Inoculum came out, just before Fear Inoculum came out, they released all of their songs on the streaming services. Spotificate. So what I would like to uh, present Uh to the world is my first fun fact article of the day. You ready? Tool becomes the first rock band to occupy all 10 top spots of Billboard's rock digital song sales chart, among other records. I I want to say I'm surprised. No, I don't. It's because it's not surprising. Everybody has been so freaking bloodthirsty for Tool. Oh, fuck yeah. 13 years. That's like two and, and a half babies. We're not even talking about Fear Inoculum coming. In. I think that I think at this point they had just released Fear Inoculum. Fear Inoculum, the single, was released when they went live with all streaming services for their whole catalog. Eleven million views. Except on for Spotify. is it so, true that they're not available on Pandora? I'm not a Pandora subscriber, so I cannot confirm. Well, or deny I that. wasn't sure because I had read a little footnote that said it what they weren't available on Pandora. As other can't pe- listen as, to the album, as other people way. are talking, I will I will look into that. Okay. But I, I I don't have that information right in front box. of me. But what I do have is I have the top ten songs yes. that have taken over the charts. Now, when you say the the streaming Start service from 10 charts, you have iTunes, you have Spotify, you have Pandora. Maybe. Pan- <laughs> Maybe Pandora. Pandora. Um, Pandora. You would like me to go in reverse order? Yes. Okay. Let me give some honorable... Just go random. Let me give some, give some honorable mentions. Seven honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> because the top ten is just not enough. There's not only the ten up there. Um, at number 12, Parabola. At number 13, Jambi, which shame on you people. That song is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. a good song. That's a great song. <laughs> great song. <laughs> Number 15 is uh, the letter H, period. Number 16. Uh, H periods are the worst. Opiate. It's like, so that's that's not in the top 10. So let's go over the top 10. We'll start, we'll start in reverse order. Number 10, prison sex. Uh, I'm surprised that's not actually. Higher. Yeah. <clears throat> Good tune. Good tune. Number uh, number nine, la- uh, lateralis. Is that how you say that? That Pretty sounds sure. right. Number eight, Vicarious. Number seven, The Pot. Oh, how dare you. (laughs) Number six, uh, Enema. Number five, Stink Fist. Of course, naturally. Hoorah. Number four, 46 and two. I'm surprised that one's not higher, to be honest. Number three is Schism course number two and i'm gonna say it's probably with because penis. i'm probably because it was released the same time that they went live with like all the uh with all the streaming services is fear inoculum right because everybody was so fucking horny for some tool man it's like oh my god they released something <clears throat> number one sober 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 i want to piggyback off of you too Please do. Ooh, gross. So I'll pour more beer. Um, on this Friday, in which this album was released, uh, there was something called the uh, Burning Man, middle of the player at the Burning Man. So evidently, this is going on at the time of the release, right? So over 1,000 Tool fans took a break from the electronic music, and then just played the entire album for everyone. 
that doesn't surprise literally me. like in the middle of this entire that festival they just stopped the festival and yep. just like we're gonna play this now that sounds about right a, uh, i'll have marcus put up the video but there's a whole video of it where people huh. just jamming out to the to the album but it's burning man that's that doesn't surprise <laughs> me i just thought it was interesting that it this that, album I, stopped I, an I think entire... that's wicked cool like but it's burning man you could literally tell me that aliens landed and partied with everybody for the entire week and then went and like shit on George Washington's grave with their alien hovercraft. Alien and poo. And then left. <laughs> and I'd believe it if it happened at Burning Man. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because I think that was... Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, but a little more on the fun facts. I mean, Tool's played some April Fool jokes on the world. Uh, Which one? <laughs> exactly. There's, there's quite a few of them. I'm pretty sure there was a time where, like, he, they posted an entire cheesy memorial page, said that one of their members died in a bus crash. What? Yeah. They tried going for a Beatles. My, uh, my, my favorite was the time that uh, Maynard James Keenan found God. Yeah. That's another one, too. Quote, unquote. <laughs> And he killed him, so he's back. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, they are. Uh, they are not. There's a rumor to... that that was a uh, a shot at Corn's uh, drummer. No, it was it was Head, the bassist. Oh, was it the bassist? Oh, yeah, head. it was or the guitarist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a guitarist. Head, Brian Head Welch. Yep, that's the one. Head Welch. Uh, I can't find anything on this Pandora Tool scenario other than what all the streaming services had his issues. But I didn't find anything specific to Pandora. Well, I I, I was curious because Pandorama. It, it's because like because the way it was written, and, and what I read was because you can't listen to the whole album from beginning to end, mm. um, and that's the way Tool's music is kind of intended to be listened to. Um, they're they're kind of always been one of those bands where the album has a flow. That's always bothered me when when bands will like intentionally like start the next song for like five or ten seconds and then cut the the track short so (laughs) with that being said let me let me actually ask you like i remember when Ten Thousand days like came out um i might be getting the album wrong that i'm thinking of but they released the album and they said this album is going to test the patience of the fans and they've kind of piggybacked that with like Fear Inoculum, like coming <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, they did. They, they, they're they're kind of piggybacking the whole. It's like this. This is really going to like test the patience of like the fans. So, I call it twenty thousand. I guess open thoughts on like like what, what what would you what would your opinion be? It's like okay, so they're trying to like give like you an artistic vision, kind of a thing. It's like, but what what. They're not necessarily like trying to like comply with radio edits. They're not trying to comply with. I was gonna say none of these songs could be on the radio. Okay. Yeah. With, can I ask a question before that? Oh, please do. I'm trying to spark this. I'm trying to spark discussion. So, <laughs> when when you all think about the t- the delay between the last album and Fear Inoculum, what do you think? Like, what is your... Great Random doing his like, uh, updates on Octane Radio and, like, comparing everything to the timeline of Tool's new release coming out. Do, well, do you blame... You blame him. <laughs> do, do you blame Maynard James Keenan? So, 
Because act- a lot, a majority of people seem to blame him. So much so that the guitarist had to come out, like recently, right. and say, "Don't blame him. It's right. not his fault. You're, you're blaming the wrong tool." Yeah. Is exactly what he said. Uh, if you listen to any one of his recent interviews, uh, he's done a couple of them, a couple really short ones. He was on uh, Joe Rogan recently, also before was they he? did this release. Uh, he actually released a lot of information. Well, not didn't like release, but he just he gave a lot more insight to the life of. <clears throat> Mr. Keenan than anybody ever thought. I think being the front man for any band, you're going to catch the most flack. You're going to catch the most yeah. everything because you're the, you're standing yeah, in front of everybody. Expect, you're people the, expect you. Yeah, well, you're the umbrella. In you're going to take it on the nose. He's also a very enigmatic right. front man. Right. He spends a lot of time on live shows with Tool <clears throat> off stage. In, in the back. Yeah. In the darkness because yeah. he wants the music to speak for itself. He'd rather put everybody else in the band forward, yeah. not him. Uh, yeah, he, was, he, and, well, no, I was just going to say he does a lot of stuff like that. But to, to answer that question of, like, who's to blame, if you listen to any one of these interv- interviews, uh, he specifically states and kind of goes into a little bit of detail, but he pretty much says, like, we all suck. Like, we are all <laughs> extremely difficult to work with, and it's pretty hard to get all four of us in the same room for the same amount of time anyway. So I kind of feel like... Can I piggyback that comment real quick? Yeah, of course. So uh, yesterday, Spin Magazine came out with this uh, with, with this actual <laughs> interview with James with uh, Maynard James Keenan, and um, the uh, the headline title was "Fear Inoculum was fantastic eight oh, years yeah. ago." That's, right. that's what I got here. Yeah. So, and I'll I'll give you the obviously in a nutshell. Like I mean, I'll, I'll link all these articles if you want to like read further. But in a nutshell, he was saying it's like we weren't convinced eight years ago that this was good enough to release. So like whether it was yep. him, whether it was the, the band, like whether like the whole collective, like they they were not convinced that they had anything that was like worth releasing. The second guessing. Yeah. So one of the things that he also talks about, um, I believe it's also in his Joe Rogan interview, is that. Uh, he says, once you make it, once you're a band that makes it, then you kind of get that, that feeling as an individual, like, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, I know what's right. I know what's good. I know what sounds good. I know what we should sound like. I know what direction we should be moving in. Particularly with a band like Tool, where they made, like, all their fans, they made all their money on thriving on their sound that they cultivated. Right. Not one that the studio pushed on them. Right. But I feel like because, I mean, if you listen to any, especially in this album, you listen to any of those songs, the 10 minute long songs, you know that each individual member has literally their own section of the song. <laughs> right, like, right. My turn. Yeah. Exactly. My turn. <laughs> that's like, old school. <laughs> that's some old school music but, shit right there. But I say that because the way he worded it, he made it sound as though, and not that, not that all four of them are the front man. No. But that they all have that individual level of what they know is right. So now that they've all made it, I feel like, I mean, 10,000 Days, I'm sure they were probably sitting on that for a little while, too. You know? And you think about all the other albums and how long it must have taken. It seems like they're a little bit of perfectionists. It seems like they're out there. The whole group is. They do things together and have their own ideas as to what kind of a face they want to put out there and what they don't want to put out there. It was five years between, later, between Lateralis and 10,000 Days. And people were ready to eat their fucking right. heads. Right, and I think, and especially, I mean, it's too easy to blame the front guy. It's too easy to blame the guy that everyone can put a face to. Do you guys know what their drummer looks like? 
Danny Carey. Do you know what he looks like? Have you seen a picture uh, of him? Sure Would you be able to spot him in a crowd right now? Right now, don't click on that. Don't you dare. I already clicked on no, that. If, you I had to, if I had to guess, <laughs> it's going to be the blonde haired dude that's standing behind the sofa. My point. Yep, that's another one I'm going with. My, my, <laughs> and he's, a, he's an odd one. My point is that the majority of these guys can go get their mail in their bathrobe oh, and yeah. none of their neighbors care. <laughs> no one knows them enough. They're not out there like right. that. Because I'm not even convinced that these are the dudes, man. Like These might not even be them. Right. Yeah, they have <laughs> like, like random they, people. They have like, a, like they dress up like they're doubles. <laughs> you, you, and you. <laughs> you, you, and you. Go take a picture for us and tell them your tool. The only reason I know that that's actually Maynard James Keenan is because I saw Pussifer and my seat was like third row back. And it happened to be a very small, small venue, and I literally could have thrown like a rock at him. So that's him. I don't know about the other guys. I actually <laughs> feel I actually feel like that we've actually discussed this topic like somewhat on this podcast prior too, and um, it was, it might have been related to like when the uh, new um, Perfect Circle album came out, mm. or like Maynard James Keenan actually did an interview. Is like, listen. I didn't want to like actually announce that this album was coming out because people like think that this is holding up Tool. Yeah, and like I'm getting like hate mail because I'm working with like these other projects. It's like that's not the case, yo. And you kind of full circle like all this stuff. Like at the time that he said that, if they really had some of this stuff eight years ago, because if you look like going like starting at Enema, they were really on a five year release plan. Like every five years, like was kind of like their their release point, which I'm actually this just like kind of like popped in my head. I'm looking at the discography here, and I'm 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 counting down like full albums: one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, Fucking that. five finger yeah. death punch put out that many albums in a year. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And, <laughs> and another one coming. And we and they will never be tool. Nope. <laughs> You never realized that their name was actually what you'd be begging for while you listened to their music. <laughs> Please! <laughs> Kill me now! Do it. <laughs> Do it. Um, and to, to, to finish with, with the uh, interview aspect, um, he had an interview with BBC Radio. Uh, and he kind of quoted... It was, it was about the 13-year the situation. And uh, Keenan actually... Uh, uh, reading verbatim here. Quote, I think... A lot of it was just that age. We wanted to be right. And we've had some success in the past and the fear of this thing coming out and not being accepted. The fear that it's not as good as it can be can be detrimentally crippling. And he continued, uh, probably, and if I had to, you know, psychology 101, I would have to say, well, yeah, that's why it would take 13 years to write something because you're paranoid that it's not going to be the best it can be and that you second guess every single step you make when it's probably good enough and shouldn't say good enough it was fantastic and as Marcus would say eight years ago but that second guessing and the psychology you get the stuck in the spiral and well you gotta figure too the, the as much as they have a vision and they you know have their own path that they they write they're still making music for the fans um it just happens that the, the, the music that the fans love is the music that they enjoy making right um That's, so yeah. that kind of stress for a band as big as tool can you imagine if tool had come out with this album and it had done a chinese democracy right i think that was his issue too 
Now, I, I never, I, 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 because I, I, it didn't happen, and because I don't think it will ever happen, I, I feel like e- even if the album were crap, I think Tool fans are so forgiving that they'd embrace the album regardless. Um, if this album had come out and sucked ass, no, that Tool fans wouldn't have batted an eye. Right. They just would have been like, okay, when's the next one coming out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I'm correct... That's got to put some stress on They've had the same artist. lineup, right? As far as I know. I don't think they've changed. I think yeah, they've I pretty know. much kept know. the same... No, I don't know of any... Unit. I don't know of any uh, lineup changes. So, I mean, that, that makes a difference. Too. I mean, not that anyone would really know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, oh, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that that makes a big thing, too. I mean, whenever you change up your lineup, your sound is going to be... You got one, two, three... F- you got one past member. Paul uh, Demore. Okay. Was, uh, was a past member. Uh, he's a bass player. He was a mailman first, and now Paul, he's still a mailman. I can't say anything <laughs> because Tool is very bass. And Very their, their bass sound has remained the same yeah. throughout their no, agreed, agreed. discography. Yeah. Tool has the, a now, very specific bass sound. For what it's worth. I think they have to, though, because uh, Paul of De- the supporting cast. You need to have that. Paul DeMore was actually only the bass player. Now no, I'm actually looking at facts in front of me. Uh, my, bro, my bro Ryan, yes. I'm trying to research as I go. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul DeMore was there for Undertow. And uh, he was um, he was replaced in 1995 by uh, Justin Chancellor. Okay. And that has been the lineup like moving forward. Justin Chancellor has been bass, Manny James Keenan, obviously Adam Jones, and uh, Danny Carey. Okay. So for, for for the the original bassist was was somebody, but that's the only, which that's still pretty good. I mean, you, you're talking about 1988 was the original formation of the band Tool. Okay. Ooh. So. <laughs> Thirty-one <laughs> years, and uh-huh. you only replace one member. The, that's, pretty, that's pretty fucking awesome. And what gets yeah. me is the good. pedigree behind each one of these guys. More of an Alpo guy. The, the guy, like the people that these guys trained with and played with, is is up there. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing too. Like you said, though, they came at a time where nothing like this had ever been heard before, and it was kind of this weird culmination of rock music because. Like, well, when you hear, like, rock radio stations, they only play, like, like rock. There's some bands that sound like rock and metal. Sound like rockish, but a little bit of metal right. Like, okay, we'll, we'll play that stuff. But, like, all the heavy, like, screamo, black metal, death metal stuff. Like, you're not going to hear oh. AAF or Laser 99.3 playing any of that crap. For those, laser out here? for those <laughs> New like Englanders. Like a gladiator <laughs> combatant. But, uh, no, I just think it's, they when they came out... Not that they came out. When they came out on the scene, it was... There you go. They kind of... They made their own little niche, and they've stayed in that niche. And with respect to them, they've been able to stay yeah, in that it's, niche. It's worked And for that's them. something that you don't see with nope. band Because, like I said, you get two, three albums in, and they're like, okay, what's popular? <laughs> right. No, that's true. What did Nickelback just put out? Yeah. All right, let's do that. <laughs> right. progressive, progressive music does not usually leave this much of a mark in... Mm-hmm the history of music um progressive music music usually gets lost in the shuffle um mainly because people are trying new things and a lot of times in music people don't want to listen to new things they want to listen to what sounds good at the time um 
and Tool is fortunately, like, I would compare them, honestly, to Rush in terms of they, they, they have this sound that they're the only ones that sound like it. Yeah, distinct. You, within distinct. a few bars of the, the song starting, you know who it is. Yeah. Uh, within a few bars of the singer singing, you know who it is. Um, they push the boundary of what they do, and they don't try to conform. At um, all. Like Total they, opposite. They know, like. they know what their fans like. And their fans like them to make their music. Their producers must be like walking on eggshells every time they ask them something. <laughs> right. like, at this like, point, like, hey guys, have you come up with the okay? Uh, bye, well, bye, at bye. this point, probably. <laughs> at this point, I would say that they're all the producers. That I, I would say they probably don't have an outside producer outside of the band. I'd be willing to bet. I'd be willing to bet like they just lock themselves in like a room and yeah. like, they have like three or four like recording guys like with them, and it's like I'm gonna give you the product and you're gonna shut your mouth. You're gonna <laughs> shut yeah, your like dirty it. fucking mouth. Yeah, we have a stamp the, that you put on there. One of the cool things I actually like about this band, like especially in the early days, um, not especially in the, but in the early days, uh, guitarist Adam Jones is actually responsible for all the artwork concepts. Yep. So like they controlled everything, yeah. like, like right from like the get go, which is I I honestly feel like is awesome, which is probably why we had like the claymation. Like, yep. when, when oh, the yeah. oh yeah, of course. The, well, he was a makeup and special effects guy for movies before Tool. I feel like they're. They must yeah, have just Tool, like, I remember reading that somewhere. He, mm-hmm. he said, "If Tool hadn't taken off, I, he's like, I would have gone into the movies." And so. at that same time, Maynard owned a pet store. Dude, he loves animals. You know, he, I love animals, dude. If I had a, if I had a, a sanctuary for dogs, man, we'd all be like here, like fuzzy buddies for days. Like all right, so check this out. Drink beer, and Maynard drinks wine. Yeah, he do, and he he makes wine, yeah. and I well, I, well, I'm I already talked about that. Anyway, uh, he makes mead. But when it comes to animals, I just I did want to put this out there. So because of the the wine farm, the winery, uh, the vineyard, he uh, so he buys his vineyard and he has all this stuff. But then he has you know any farmer, anybody who deals with growing crops, they know that you're gonna deal with pests and rodents and all kinds of stuff. So what do people normally do? What do farmers normally do? When they have pests and rodents, well, you know they hire like exterminators. They grab a giant they take bucket, extra fill measures. it with water, with a two by four, <laughs> put bird seed up to it, and they drown. Bird seed, and they put you know the peanut butter on the stick for all the mice, you know, over the five I gallon do that bucket. Too, but that's too myself. There's all kinds of people that do all kinds of stuff to keep these rodents away. They put up extra fences. They do all this stuff. You know what Keenan decided he was going to do? Play Kanye West. Negative. Close. Bre- brew them. He went out and he bought and bred falcons yes. that hang out at his vineyard and literally hunt anything smaller than them. And, and if you also- own a cat and you live near Keenan's vineyard, I feel really bad for you. You don't own a cat anymore. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Smooth, right? Ooh. Super good. Super good, Ippa. Yeah. That's a nice IPA. So I got a, I got a fun fact. And Jay, maybe you... I've heard of a band called Electric Sheep. Yeah. So <laughs> Adam Jones, their guitarist, uh, with Tom Morello. Mind you, they went to the same high school. Yeah. So they had this band called Electric Sheep. So <laughs> we've all peed uh, on that fence. I've never listened to them. <laughs> so evidently, in my the, mind, I have this Mr. Bungle. Well, this is the thing. So there's like two little things on their their music. So uh, the discordant sounds at the beginning of the song, disgustipated. 
were created by the band smashing up and hitting three yeah. pianos and some shotguns with a sledgehammer. Yep. And the sound for the unusually short instrumental in Mantra was created by Maynard, uh, Maynard slowly squeezing his cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. This little, little cat uh, action there. PETA! Yeah, right. See, to me, I'm like, only Maynard James Keenan could play a cat. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, actually, you know. actually play a cat. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, so uh, Danny Carey is also into the occult. If you want to yes. talk. I mean, he has a vast collection of <laughs> Aleister Crowley uh, I mean, paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. memorabilia. Okay, well, I mean, he's a drummer, so they are always a little... See, I feel like that's not weird enough for a drummer. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Stay quiet. All right. <laughs> I thought it was the bass player that was supposed to be weird. No, no one the, likes usually, the bass player. Nobody likes that's, the bass player. The, the drummer is usually kind of the weirdo, yeah. wackadoo one. The drummer's the one that has a girlfriend who he's had for like 80 years. Mm. He's weird. He's very, very calm until he explodes. And then he's the most violent motherfucker you'll ever find. Man, um, I don't want to get into a fist fight with Anthony. That sounds... No, see, that's like that's the thing. Anthony's this quiet, mellow kind of guy. I only I, use elbows. I'd, so be, you're totally I'd be curious to see Anthony like lose his shit. We piss him off once. As like a... Hmm. You've worked with no. me. You've worked yeah, with me a I've long time, and you've never lose. seen me. You've never I, seen me lose my thing. shit. And, and that that's takes, the thing. It takes a lot. It takes a like, very you, much you're a, a young man, so I don't know if it's just age oh. that just makes me lose my shit easy. Um, God damn. We both kids. worked in the restaurant industry, and losing your shit in the restaurant industry is very easy. It's very easy to do. Um, and I've all the it. shit I've seen Anthony go through, never once. Like, I've seen you raise your voice. I've never seen you yell. Like, I'm... Um, like raise your voice and a stern like gaze. <laughs> That's like Anthony's go-to. Yep. Silence. Well. All right, so we're we're getting to that point in the cast where we are gonna actually deliver our smashed banana album review. Okay, can I do a lead-in? Of Fear and Oculum. But does I have else? a question before we actually do our smashed banana. Well, does anybody else have like any other like albums? Any more fun talk facts? About. Any more fun facts? Well, fun facts. Like Maynard's most recent, and by his words, is the project that is most dear to his heart is Pussifer. Okay. Um, it's his most. I, I do believe he said it like his most personal, um, and it's the reason why. Like, if you've seen Pussifer play. Um, Especially if you've seen Tool and you're a Tool fan and then experience Pussifer. Pussifer is a completely different experience for Tool fans. Um, because everyone's so used to Maynard James Keenan being in the background. And he's very, very subdued and he's quiet. He just does his thing. Um, with Pussifer shows, he's front and center. Like, he actually addresses the audience. Like, he, he talks to okay. the audience. 
which is almost yeah, I thought it was the other way around, but no, 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 yeah. um, you know. Like, he just, like, he does his thing in Tool, and he stays sequestered nah, and doesn't address the audience. Yeah, that's accurate. With, Tool, he's, like, secluded. He doesn't want anything to do with the Oh, with Pussifer, he's out there storytelling. And so if you're familiar with that persona for Tool, you're like, who who is this guy? <laughs> who are you? Like, this, so you, you by seeing Pussifer, I, I, I feel like I got to understand Maynard James Keenan his mentality a little bit better than just like someone who just saw Tool and saw his other personalities Um, but he I I first listened to the album Conditions of My Parole uh, by Pussifer Um, and honestly I was expecting more Tool um, and it's, I didn't really want to listen to it. Yeah. I was like, eh, 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 I could, you know, if it's, <laughs> Either it, way. it sounds like Tool, like, it probably has one or two that I'll be like, oh, that, you know, that sounds really, like, complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, after, and even the first couple times I listened to it, I was kind of like, it's, it's all right. And then I saw them live. And it, it was probably one of the best shows I've seen in my life. Um... It was a complete audiovisual like immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, there was storytelling. There, I mean, uh, very untool-like. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and y- you don't understand, or maybe you do, what a good voice he has until range, he has yeah. a female counterpart singing with him. Uh, her name is Karina Round, I believe is her name. Ah, Karina um, Round. Karina Round. Well, <laughs> actually, here you go. We've all wanted to do that a time and again. <laughs> yeah, right? A I bit just want to go Karina Round a little bit. A yeah. little bit of trivia for Karina Round. In Perfect Circle's uh, last Eat album that elephant? just came out. Yeah, Eat the Elephant. Um, in the song So Long and our Thanks for All the Fish. Mm-hmm. Um the one of the lyrics is uh, mentions someone called Rini's mom. Rini's mom refers to Karina Ron- Karina Round's on. mom who passed away. Uh, um, she's got it going on. You said an Italian joke. Oh, that's she passed mom. away. Close. No, no, she really did. She died. Oh, like she passed oh, yeah, away, she not she passed away. Passed oh no, away. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Just making sure. <laughs> like I, I get, I get the curse, but what, what is the way? I never understood that. Cottage cheese. It's like, is that made with the cottage Alfredo? or is it made in a cottage? I don't know. You crush up the cottage and just put it in? I don't know. I don't have enough beer to answer Fettuccine that Alfredo passed away. We have plenty of beer. Passed <laughs> away. Go to the fridge back there. We have plenty of beer. I will. So. I was making a point. Brew, haha. Fantastic stories by everybody. Well done. Before we get into the album, I would like to propose an open table discussion about said album. About the new album? Yeah, I'm going to start talking about the new album. All right, I'm going to crack open a beer. I would like to talk about the release of this album with a small LCD screen. Well, okay, wait. Before, why don't we all go around and say what we expected from this album? No, no. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) How dare you go against the current? I mean, uh, I I guess we could, but... His salmon not swim upstream. <laughs> My salmon has legs. Is that is that actually like a worthy talking point? Like, what what, what did I expect from a Tool album? 
<laughs> what did you expect from me? I'm curious, because I didn't. I don't have any expectations. Are you just trumping my question like all together? Should I just like no, erase over I'm my just... first question? Well, I felt like it was a good additional question. Let's go back to your question. A good caveat. I would like to know about like what you think about like an album being released with like a small LCD screen. All right. And, mu- and multiple Elaborate. covers. So, the album was released. If you actually went and bought a physical copy of the album, mm-hmm. it actually comes with like a really tiny LCD rechargeable MIDI screen with the charging cable. Awesome. You like, already got me. Well, this is like out there. Like you can actually like go buy this. Like you can go buy Fear Inoculum. It comes with a small LCD screen, like mini charging cable, and like you have like. <laughs> I'm the... down. So I would like Dope. to discuss this because I don't think anybody has ever done anything like this before that I've heard of. How many unique things is Tool gonna do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to make it count. They had to make the release count. To be honest with you, like they're. They've made an entirely different ceiling in the genres of rock and metal. I mean, at what point do you say marketing? No one's even close. At what point do you just say marketing genius? Well, it's one Uh, thing they've always been good at. Marketing. I wouldn't... So, we don't know how successful those albums and everything have been yet. You can't say marketing... I fucking want one! Why don't I have one right now? (laughs) You can't say marketing genius until it's like, you know, after the fact that we can look at it like on a... On a data scale. What's the like MSRP on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? How much I was does actually, it cost you? I was actually reading an email that like offered me like four different um, album covers. Like <laughs> alternate album covers from Revolver, like Revolver Magazine. Like, you know they have. Tool pre- has nothing to do with this. And a, and yeah, like, I know. There was like a pre-sale. And I'm like, is the album involved or do I just get like the four covers? Because like I want to know what I'm getting for my $88. I'll I, still pay for it, but I, I just like, want to know. I feel like they just sent like one member to their publisher. Had like the that's it. Speaker too, by and the way. Like, hey guys, what do you want to do with this album? He's like, nah, all the popular shit. Whatever the popular shit's going on, and like, ah, maybe something different. Now, here's a question that I actually <laughs> ask about this: Are these guys like so ahead of the times? It's like, okay, we figured it out. Like, the, everybody is like streaming, 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 streaming. Let's go put out a fucking mini sound system. <laughs> well, it's handheld. Like, Everything in today's day and age is handheld. Um, I would say the only band that could probably arguably say that they beat Radiohead to the punch with something not quite as extensive as this, but in terms of like immersing themselves in the projects is um, Nine Inch Nails. Um, what the hell album was that? Was it the shit? With Teeth? Um... Oh, crap, I can't. One of the Nine Inch Nails I've heard, I've heard of box sets and like stuff like well, that, but I've never heard of anybody like actually teeth. sending out like a like a three and a half inch screen with like a speaker. No, well, what happened was is the, the CD of the uh, Nine Inch Nails album came with a copy of Pro Tools. And for like the first, I think it was a year, there was a contest, a remix contest. For fans. I think I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they would, you use the tools that Nine Inch Nails provided you, created a remix, and it became a thing. But this is definitely the first, I think, That visual. reminds me of like back in the day when like McDonald's used to give you that square record. <laughs> <laughs> like you used to have to like sing back the, the Max song. <laughs> okay. Uh. 
All right. Well, oh, you're Lord. choking on that. I'm going to be reminiscent of McDonald's Transformers. Or the knockoff Transformers. What were those things I called? I love Big Macs. Uh, GoBots? No, they're like animals. So, but in all seriousness, dinosaurs. In all seriousness, like, what's the thoughts on like the new technology? Is like, is this like the future of CDs? Like, is this how uh, albums are gonna this like is the have future, to roll? Or, this mean, is the future of the uh, best-selling artists. Did they just industri- um, Did they just institutionalize like the next phase of like our existence? Like, they took the comes- next step. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of bands that are gonna be pissed about this. Why did we do that? But, but, <laughs> and we've talked about this multiple times, is how the CD physical copy industry is going downhill. Yeah. If stuff like this comes up, well, it's, it's going to come back up. It's going downhill mainstream. Right. But bands like Nine Inch Nails, Radiohead, these bands that have already embraced the streaming, have already embraced digital, uh, they're, they're actually going towards a, a format of offering their music for free and then, if you want to get the super the full experience, you know, that's the exactly super it. edition, that marketing exactly themselves, it. you get yeah, a physical copy of the know album. What I, you know what I love about this? Like, oh, it it's actually, magic! It's, it's like fantastic. Bringing, it's bringing back the CD book. Oh, it's because great. Because the art. CD book used to be like Everything. a thing. Like oh, you used yeah, to get man, like band great. art in that shit. It's like, dude, I'm giving you a fucking television screen to watch my shit on, with like a little fucking yep. speaker, like. Oh, it's brilliant. Fun fact about this. So, 36-page booklet. Wow. And so, the CD itself... I don't know you could write that many lyrics on one album. So the then CD, again, they're the all 10-minute songs. The CD itself comes with uh, 79 minutes of music. But the included MP3 download card has 89 minutes of music. <laughs> so there's 10 minutes in there that's not on the CD. And where do they add those 10 minutes, you ask? And you Buy probably and can't find, find out it on now. Spotify. <laughs> Or iTunes. And if you order right now, we'll throw in the extra 10 minutes free. <laughs> he has had to order. <laughs> I feel like there's like some there's some major shit like happening around like this tool release. They're gonna and I don't know who their people are, but like they are fucking like just they're just fucking all of us independent artists up the ass because like we're not gonna be able to afford to do this yet. But that's cool because like this is cool. But the the beautiful thing is is you don't have to be able to afford this. When you're starting out, like you, you, you don't need to be you're able. Not to, supposed to have the great, but the you don't need to be able to afford something this extravagant. What you need to be able to afford is something different. Like that's what you have to offer. I just think it's cool because like they encompass like everything. It's like, oh yeah, you can have your streaming. Like, go ahead, stream it. You want the album? Stream it. Stream it all day, all day, every day. Right. Like we'll take our million dollar paycheck off of the friggin' royalties. Like that's yep. no problem at all. You want to experience it? Go buy the album. Because guess what? We're fucking giving you like a home fucking video of that shit, man. Like we're giving you D pics. I wonder uh, D pics. Metaphorically, wonder... of course. <laughs> like no, that's all that's on it. No, buy it. That's just a whole bunch of D pics of us. All kinds of tools. The There'll be tools for days. 93% of our listeners just went, why the fuck do I want to look at D-Pix? I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, 7%. That yeah. means two The things. other 7% went, ooh, write to my, write to my uh, uh, email. D-Pix, hello. What I think is funny, though. You guys are bullshit. You know 99% of those are curious. <laughs> what I think is funny, though comma live your life folks live your life uh, do you is that uh, 
Gross. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that there's going to be companies out here that are going to try to, like, try to make, like, some kind of hardware or some kind of thing. Like, oh, like, don't buy it from them and have their album. You can just buy this, and then we can give it to you. You can download every band's new music video for their new discography. You can... All the and like, it's just not going to be the same. I feel like just like Zune, man, Zune. it's going to crash and burn. There's going to be somebody who's going to come out and be like, "Hey, you know what'd be a good idea?" I still use my <laughs> Zune. The greatest thing. Tell oh, me if I'm Lord. wrong. The the two album with like everything included. Yeah. It's only forty five bucks. Only Fun. for an All album. Right. And that's. With a fucking little TV in it. Come on. Well, it's that's, not that's technically not, a TV. That's not terrible. If it's only forty five bucks. That's awesome. Awesome. It's a, Basically, one of those. Okay, so we have. Electric. We're actually up against the clock. We're frames. getting to that point. So. Review time. In five minutes or less, we can do a roundtable is what we expected before we actually give our honest reviews. Now, that's really hard considering that you, like, I think all of us have heard at least a majority of the album. And so, like Jay proposed. What did we expect from the new, the new Tool album? I'm curious what people... Do you want me to tell you what I expect from the new Tool album? We'd love to. Exactly what they put out. Yeah, right? I'm in that same boat. I might actually agree with you. Yeah. So, and what I say, what I, the, what I mean from that, and I'll get into See, what this. See, what, what I think is funny is everybody who just heard you knows exactly what you just said. Well, yeah. I have, no to, exactly. I have I mean. to separate this from what my review is going to be and right, like what, right. I, what I want to say right like right now. But from what I... Let's go in the past. Tool wants to test my patience. <laughs> okay. Test my patience. They usually snake their way into like a, the, like one, one radio song or, or another, like no matter like what the albums come. And they have never... I mean, let's be honest. Tool has never been the same as they were in Undertow, and Enema, and Lateris. Once, once it was obvious they had a certain amount of creative freedom. Like radio, it, radio singles became. In all honesty, for them. if I ever sat, if if Maynard James Keenan ever sat in front of us and like I was able to ask him a question, I was gonna, I would actually literally ask him. What did you want to play? Like, was the beginning what you wanted, or was the end what you wanted? Like, because they're so different. I mean, one is rock, hard rock, metal. The other one is artsy and psychedelic. That's, and That's the like, question you would ask him? That is the question I asked him. Okay. I was like, what did you want? That's a, that's a very, like... I, and then my follow-up Mus- question musically, is... Musically... My, my follow-up question would be, did it evolve? Huh. Because I actually See, would want to know. It's like Musically, did I, I'm right there with you. It's like, did I point the, Did I put this out there and I want to do something different? Or did I put this out there, but I always wanted to do something different? Now, see, what like, I would the, ask that's him, a que- I guess that's a question that I want. What I would ask Maynard James Keenan if I ever saw him. Because yours is the question you should ask. That Marcus is right. That's the question you should ask. And hopefully the question gets an answer. <laughs> Fellatio. The question I, I would ask him is... Who's ever said that in their life? You be quiet over what's, there. What's that? What the fuck happened to you in the military that made you the way you are? 
speaking from experience, the military does very strange things to you. <laughs> no, 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 I get that. And I have friends who have, have, have had turnarounds exactly like him. Like, come out of the military and gone, oh, I've seen some shit. Like, mm-hmm. the, so it, part of me wants to know where that mindset is. Like, because there's a change in him. Like, and it's it's documented. Like, you could just, <laughs> he goes into music and has this voice. <laughs> so the thing about the military is that it takes people, and of course I'm only speaking as, as one person in the, in the machine, but uh, people often who do not like the military can only find out that they don't like the military after they're in. That's true. So several people that you will meet and that I have met will tell you that uh, they'll relate it to prison However, it's not like prison, because prison is at least predictable. You have your meal schedule, you have your workout schedule, and your sleep schedule. In the military, you're government property, and you do whatever the heck they tell you to do at any given hour of the day. If you're in the Army, they tell you you're a soldier first. Doesn't matter what your job is. Hey, today you're, you're cleaning latrines. You're scrubbing toilets. But Sergeant, I- no, 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 no. Enough of that. It's 2 a.m. crap. My wife is pregnant, giving birth. I, I don't need, care. I Get need, in there and start scrubbing. I need like, you to stop with that voice, man, because my God, <laughs> I just get like every time like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Everything you, ju- everything you just said like went right out the window because you just made that voice, and now I'll, I'm just like it's like comically amused. What? I, I just want you to do it again. He got mentally segued. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, he, he interjected with his own uh, mental segue. <laughs> yeah, I, ju- I just digress like Take something fierce. Hot beef injection. Well, good lord. You leave my beef injector alone. I paid oh, to get back to what you said about the, the military reference, a lot of people will relate it to like prison, but the thing is, you'll be caught doing details and stuff for hours on end. You have no idea. You, you can't do anything other than what you're told. You're stuck in a situation where you, you can't get out of it. There's a whole, it's just rocking a hard place. There's so many people that you meet in the military that realize what they want to do on the outside when they get out. Like, they realize that they've been doing this for so long, they actually find out who it is they really are, and then they get, like, catapulted into that person because they're so sick of dealing with the military's crap. So I can only imagine that Keenan had something... Something well, like that, especially an individual like he is. Well, you think of artistically, yeah, an like, artistic it would just like, like that. Just like erodes and burns the fires from within and deep within your soul. Well, you just I, need to escape and get out and, and be and yourself. And exactly, like, and it would lead me to a follow-up question: Would be like, what were you like before? I'm sure he was totally like, normal before. I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was sitting like, around with three of his friends on a podcast in the '70s or something, like uh, chilling out, at, at like the phone cast. I, mean, I, I, I picture him as a huge, huge like Dungeons and Dragons dork. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think like, I see him down in the basement playing Dungeons. I think and the Dragons military the, definitely like, created 70s. the monster. Like, are there any final thoughts on what we expected from the Tool album? No, I think All it's right, everything then, that I expected. We... All right. Then we are going to do this now. Heavy metal over a six pack. Smashed banana album review. And now, at this point in the show, we are going to give Smash Banana album reviews from all four hosts. All four. All four hosts Count had em. to listen to this album. And everybody's going to give a Smash Banana album review. 
And then we have a special guest coming in a little bit. So, any volunteers? Uh, I, it, he it, pointed at me, so I guess <laughs> I'll go first. Mm, all right. We're going to make this short and sweet. So, honestly, from a drummer's point of view, this album was, I mean, Danny Carey killed it. I mean, there's like, I, well, the chocolate chip trip was fucking like 90. All just, <laughs> here's my drum solo with fucking like the Twilight Zone in the background. For 12 minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 4.48. But I think from like when Fear came out, um, like it, uh, the thing is, I think the issue, the, the biggest issue with this album to me is the length of the song. Like I have the attention span of an eggplant. I got like, I can't like keep on the thing for very Showing long. your age. Exactly. So, like, and and there's like these moments where like they'll play the same riff over and over yeah. and over for like eleven, twelve, and then it's like, it's like, okay, can we get you, to the next part? Do you remember me like uh, I don't even remember how many episodes ago it was that I discussed this band, King Crimson? Yes. King Crimson is a very big influence for Tool. Really? And they do. Exactly the same idea, but and that's the thing that I think kind of like I would it's, lose. It's seventies kind of loop. Seventies right. yeah. loop. It's just one of those things where like I, I, it just loses me. Like those like little like it's just like I, I lose interest because it's just like dun dun, dun dun, dun dun. I'm like do something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean like I I get the idea from like, and and I, this is in my mind. This album is either like what's the word like impressive and and magically you know delicious, delicious. Thank you. <laughs> or it's lazy it's one of the two because it's very repetitive it's very simple and, and in my mind i mean it's musically genius or it's the other you know what i mean it can go either way it's very but, artsy yes uh, yes artsy would be a good way but um, just to get right to besides the number ten with the weird bird singing, um, <laughs> Zempist was or Seven Zempist. Tempest. Say that. Tempest, sure. Uh, that one's really good. Um, Numa is really good. Invincible is really good. Um, honestly, I'd probably give it a four out of six. It's pretty high rating. Good job. Thank Especially you. for Anthony. Dave, I got yeah. you next on my list, bud. Why don't you Why don't you give us your rating next? So while I was smashing bananas. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> you just drooled on your shirt. Uh, <laughs> not the first time today. <laughs> it's not nap time, Grandpa. Wake up. I, uh, I when will I first, listen so, to the Beach Boys if I want. <laughs> I always have to listen to albums and stuff while, or like, just like I said about the, the first, when they first released the Fear and Occam, just the, the single, or before they, released the, before they released the album, I had to like, do stuff around my house because it's such a long track. I'm like, I can't dedicate 10 minutes and 47 seconds to this right now. Like, I'm trying to hear the new Tool music, but I can't, like, just sit here and focus on this. I'm, like, doing laundry and doing dishes and all this other stuff, and I literally thought it was an instrumental album. I totally didn't even pick up on him singing for the first, like, 10 minutes. And then you go back and you listen to it, and it's like, wow, like... So, my first listen, and I I did, when I listened to the album, I listened to that song again have a wholly, uh, totally different appreciation for it now that I can understand where the singing parts are and that it's not all instrumental riffs. But literally everything about this album is like we said. It sounds exactly like what you would expect from a Tool album. And I feel like they kind of 
dip their toes in surrounding pools of their music genres to kind of test the waters a little bit with some little artsy stuff here and there and some some other stuff to it. Like, it's shifted. Like, you can literally hear the whole album shift. Like, you know what part of the album you're at when you get halfway through it because it just kind of changes a little. It just morphs a little bit. But that, that tool sound is still there. It's still wholly there in the center of it. You can understand who you're listening to, and it just... It, I feel like they did enough to make this album sound different from their other albums, but not enough to be different enough to wow me. I, I think the, the best way to, to say what you're explaining right now is Tool went in a different direction than they normally go. It's not Tool, but it's Tool. I mean, it is, well, so you look at the format of Tool songs, and these 10-minute songs, that's what they love to do. They but love to they're do these usually big, interspersed. Songs. Yeah, but I just feel like this was like a, I feel like in their, in their more seasoned age, they've, they've grown a little bit uh, impatient, I guess. Not, uh, that's probably not the right word. They just, they don't beat around the bush as much. You know what I mean? Like, you hear some of these older instrumental songs, or the older instrumentals in some of these songs, and it's kind of like, ooh, where are they going here? This is different. But, like, they can't rewrite that again. They can't. I, I'm sure they could. But I just felt like this was a little bit more like, yeah, you don't know where we're going with it. But we're actually going this way, not in the classic tool way that you think we're going. So <laughs> it kind of, like, built. It had the same buildup, I'd say, as the previous albums. Where, like, the sound just almost those, sounds the same. Just to throw some facts out there, there's 10 songs for an hour and 26 minutes on the on the album that they are quote-unquote streaming right. kind of a thing. So that is an average of 9 minutes and 36 seconds. Right. And so I just feel like it's a roller coaster. Every song is its own roller coaster of, of tool sound. And, I mean, I, I respect all of them. You know, I respect all of them for being unique and whatever. Uh, I didn't hear anything on the album that I was like, hey, wow, this is this comes out and and grabs me this touches my soul it wasn't like it was nothing out of tools ballpark i guess and i kind of feel like them waiting this long was almost like detrimental to the album because if they had released it eight years ago everybody like oh yeah tool oh and they're trying something new yeah yeah great but because they waited so long i feel like there was uh like a a magnified I don't know a, a magnified perspective they had they were under a microscope when they did this but I feel like they put the pressure on themselves and again it's if you like tool this is like it's a good tool album they haven't done anything outside their normal realm they've done like nothing crazy you know like it doesn't sound identical to their other albums but you can tell who it is the entire time throughout nothing against them for it I'm not knocking them for it they got a whole bunch of full-blooded fans that that, are, that bleed tool and i get it it's never really been my cup of tea but like i i can understand it so listening to the album it was literally exactly what i expected in the fact that it sounds like tool but i don't understand why they waited so long to release it because it doesn't seem so far off from everything else they've released see and i would almost disagree with that i'm shocked before well, you disagree rate it Four and a half smashed bananas. Wow. That's a pretty high rating for something. Yeah, well, we've already I established that. that was, I thought that was going to be like a negative-ass review right there. Oh, no, not at all. Four bananas No, I'm just, I just, try to, I just try to be real about it. I'm not 
I, I mean, I don't, I don't say these things to, to be negative. I say it to be, to give a, an objective Critical. perspective to, to what this band has put out over the years. And the thing is, bands tell on themselves. When you release an album, and you release two albums, and then you release three albums, you pretty much tell us what your sound and your abilities are. Well, so you if you don't live to, up to those well, abilities, it's literally your own fault. You can't blame anybody else. Like, And I just try to stay objective in that. It's, now, it's not my cup of tea, but I respect the fact that they were able to do it. With the amount of streams and everything and the hype that they've gotten already, I have to give them credit where credit's due. It sounds like a good Tool album. Uh, but I feel like they're kind of their own class on their own. So I'll, I'll give them, I think they're, it's not quite a four. It's a little bit higher than a four because of the, like I said, the different pools, surrounding pools that they dip their toes in and doing this craftsy kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, overall, it just kind of sounds like a tool album. I don't, I don't really know how else to describe it. Jason, the flow is yours. So, and the reason why I say I would disagree with you because you say that it's very tool sounding. Say it like they don't kind of stretch out of their comfort comfort zone. zone. Yeah, and and part of me agrees with you, but there's a part of me that listens to the album and compares it to other tool albums and says that this is in a very subtle way a huge departure. For tool, and this is they're, they're trying something ex- like very new compared to their other albums. Um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but there is no sudden massive explosion on the album, right? There's nothing that just like out of the calm waters of the album arises this this ruckus and in what i've noticed in all past tool albums and, and it becomes more focused the, the, the as they go along in albums um but they they go they have this wave of quiet and then like this crashing yeah. massive like you know jarring like bring you right back to it like holy shit, I'm in the middle of it, um, but they're they don't have that in this one. I agree. It's absolutely absent, right? From this, this album is to, like uh, on that other fifty percent of me is such a departure for them, and like to me that I can understand when Marcus is telling telling us that they had were apprehensive about releasing it because they didn't know if it was good enough. Because to me, I see that because I see that they tried something different and I didn't realize it till about almost the end of the album. I went, there was no earth shattering boom. I agree with that. To like, but you know. But to play devil's advocate with that, we don't know what they did not release. We don't know what they didn't work on in the last eight years. I'm very curious. We don't know if they had all those crazy crashes, and that's what they changed because they didn't want to sound the same. So, I mean, when it comes to, like, the tunings and just the way they play, I mean, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it exactly, but it's like when you hear these instrumentals, when you hear these riffs and the combinations, like, you know it's Tool. There's just like a... Oh, 100%. There's just this thing that, like, oh, yeah, automatically, that's Maynard. Like, there's no way to avoid that. I just, I feel like... 
it's not so outside their realm. I don't think that at all. I think they took like a slower approach to what they've already done. But I, it, to me, it's such a departure for them because it, you, I was actually waiting for because the, the entire <laughs> album anxious the whole the time waiting for the crash <laughs> is a buildup. Right. I mean, let's face it, yeah, when you're listening to the yeah. album, like the entire album you're is like this slow burn. Right. But there's never a flare. Right. And it's just it's like this, the tease continues oh, yeah, for another 10,000 days. I, I, like, <laughs> I find that that's actually kind of part of the brilliance of the album is that even without this massive spike it continues to just keep burning and it keeps you in. Yep. Even though you go, wow, 10 minutes, like long track, but you're still listening. You're still there. Like, um, do you think that eat the elephant had anything to do with this album? Do you think? No, no, you don't uh, know. So? And I was kind of waiting for mm. it. I was this, if it, if it did, it's, it's so buried right. under layers, um, like a lasagna, that it's almost imperceptible. Um, but I, this album, I would say, is probably one of, and I'll probably get argued with, probably one of Tool's bravest albums. It's a good way to put it. Because it, it after so long. And there's no, there's there's literally no exclamation point. It's it's like they end it. You go through the album, and the entire album is a dot dot dot. It was just a tease. <laughs> it was just a continuation of the tease, is what it was. I I, I loved it. <coughs> I loved the album, beginning to end. Um, what would you rate it? There are no hammers that could smash the bananas. That I would rate it. I have a whole actually fact about those um, if you need. Yeah, and back to the tool aspect. I, I would I would give it in in terms of like just overall. I would give it a six. It's gonna go down as as a historical album, just like I think all tool albums are gonna go down in music history. They're one of those bands. Um. There's more going on in this album than one playthrough or even a month of playthroughs is going to reveal to you. Um, not being a huge Tool fan, I, I may or I may feel, not I go feel back Swain to it. As, because like, I was going off of like, your uh, feedback like earlier in the episode. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so thank you. I've been swindled. The, mi- the, mi- the mind twist. The Bye, mind Marcus. Twist what do you got? On. What do you got? Let's hear it. So, <clears throat> I'm curious what Marcus is going to read. All right, so I have things about this album. So, like, we actually, the uh, my my host audience here, got the has been listening to this whole album since this album has started, whether they realize it or not, in their headphones. I've I've, I've been paying attention. We <laughs> um, we have to we you have to suffer through something like chocolate chip trip. Suffer. Drum solo. Suffer. Yeah, drums, man. Lord. I, I, it, is know, what, it is what it is. Based Smite on that, it. To, a 60-year-old drum The only solo time I ever stopped to check the album to see what I was listening to was at Tempest. 
end that's that, like, i think that's the heaviest like, one i think one that was the real like from the end punchy like that was at the point where i was like this seems lengthy i'm <laughs> <laughs> still on the right 15. album <laughs> so the 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 album the average album track is uh nine, nine minutes and uh 26 seconds if you if you would take the uh Interludes, no, or whatever no, called. Not even that. It's eight minutes and sixty seconds. I'm sorry. So Pink that's, Floyd. Eight, right eight minutes so, and sixty seconds is nine minutes. But with that, <laughs> with that being said, I'm, I've never been one to like. Months. I've, yeah. I've actually never been one to, to actually like watch like the time and like. I mean the the, the tracks that I've e- I featured on this very podcast have been eight, nine, ten, eleven minutes long. Like but not with, an with, entire with, album with, with no with no issue like whatsoever. Um, I think the title track Fear Inoculum was an absolute brilliant first release for this album. Because what it actually did was it kind of set you up. It's like, listen, we're going to kind of we're going to keep you like stringing along like what what we did with Laterus in 10,000 days. Like you're going to we're we're going to quote unquote test your patience. With these song, with, with these songs, but I, I'll go back to like a couple preview, previous points. Like what Dave said, you knew this was Tool. Yep. Oh, like yeah. it was iconic. Like right when it started. Like right when you heard the drum, and right when you heard. Not the even guitar. when you heard the drum. It's those first tones. Yeah. yeah. Like you hear that first high pitched tone, and then there's a moment of silence, and then you hear it again, and you're like, "This is Tool." And you can't even say that they stay in the same tuning. It's just the same sound, and I don't understand how they do that. Across different tunings, Patrick. Like, uh, no, I can I can't personally tell you that I've actually gone in and like listened to every single lyric of every single song to like try to like identify like all the meetings and like <laughs> whatnot. That's like a, that's actually stuff like like I joke about like that LCD album. That's something I want to own. I want that book. I want to like read into it. I want to know it. I want to be a part of it, kind of a thing. And maybe that's just me, like going back to 1993 and oh, 1996. No, it's like, like that's something I need in my collection, like kind of a thing. But Fear Inoculum, I thought was like a perfect way to open this. Now, was it long? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I feel like it was like a culmination of all their songs. So I talked to a lot of I people. Would say it's, it was almost a culmination of their career. I talked to a lot of people that listen to music. I talk to I talked to a lot of people that don't listen to music. And what I mean by that is they don't listen to music with the same ear that I listen to music. As a musician. Well, not even that. Because, I mean, I, I you know, you know, I put myself... I only say that because in my experience... I, I, I don't want, I don't want to bark. I'm not a musician. I know a lot you of have a casual fan. A disconnect. You have a casual fan. You have an in-depth fan. And then you, and have, then a, you have a musician. Then you have a handsome like, in-depth musician fan. This is a bar. And <laughs> I've actually... I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who I would not consider in-depth fans of, you know, music. Like, they, they will listen to, like, kind of whatever they're fed kind of a thing. And I've heard their responses to this album. And I've heard the initial responses. It's like, it's long. <laughs> like That's it, how you know they're not a Tool fan. Yeah. It's long. It's like, <laughs> hey, it, wow, you're new here, it, huh? It took a little <laughs> bit. But then, like, those same people were telling me, you know what? I gave that, like, a second listen. It's not bad. It flows. It's got a seamless flow. So 
What I'm going to tell you Even is... Even with Spotify commercials. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're a, if you're a casual fan of music, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to put this, mu- this music on in the background and you're going to be like the happy, yeah. like happy as a pig and shit. It's a- very atmospheric. Yes. It's pretty soothing, actually. Very atmospheric. Because like, if I'm going to give it a knock, I'm going to say it doesn't have that one hook that's going to like catch you and the... Radio is gonna like catch on. Anybody and, like, else all the... get like a nine-inch nails kind of thing from it? Yeah. Like particularly around the middle when they Just start using creepy. the electronic. <laughs> like, yeah. like I was like, oh wow! Like someone was like, so I'm gonna listen to old. We're on the clock now because our, our special guest, the 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 songs that I really liked. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, Numa. Uh huh. Numa. 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 <laughs> Okay, it's very similar to Fear Inoculum, but you have to listen to it. It's great. It's underrated. It's great. And the song that I think is going to get, like, nothing out of it, only because it's 15 minutes and 44 seconds long, is Tempest. Tempest will play to, like, my heartstrings, like, going back to Stinkfist, because you know what? It's heavy. But it's artsy, it's long, the patience, like everything. They, I, I feel like Tool is summed up in Tempest or Seven Empest, or like whatever the hell they want us to actually like call that. Seven Empest. <laughs> Seventh Day Adventist is my favorite Tool song. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm gonna rate it, because I mean that's obviously what we're doing here. We're smashing. Get off my porch. Smash <laughs> Jay gave a certified banana bread. I, I, it's crazy that anybody didn't. I have to ra- when I rate albums. I have to, I have to take like my whole mental collection of like albums that I've rated before, and like, what am I gonna like? Almost like when we do. I feel like the, as the well, biggest asshole on this podcast, I give the most like perfect scores. <laughs> yeah, but Probably. almost, almost like when we do the um, the tournaments, I have to break everything down, man, because it's like. It's like, okay, you have to give honest feedback on this shit. And I have to take, like, my whole catalog of stuff. So if someone actually looked at my whole catalog of ratings and they saw the rating that I gave for a certain album, it's like, well, does this guy like this album or does he not like this album? What the fuck is this bro doing? This album, I'm probably at a five. Wow. And that's taking everything that I know about, like, everything and everything. Oh. I'm, so, I'm still actually saying certified banana bread because you know what? There's some fucking neat stuff in here. And the problem that I... They're going to be dissecting it. it the reason years. why I'm not giving it a six and the reason why I think it deserves more than a four. It deserves more than a four because it's fucking cool. If you actually really listen to it... But the reason why it's Should not a six up. is because it takes you more than once to really listen to yeah, it. Yeah, right. Like, you have to give See, this that, thing... See, that, that like, is a higher score for me. And you have to start it from start to finish, and you have to be like, dude, don't stop. No, don't stop. Don't... You have to go. You have to go. You have to give it... There, there is no break It takes a lot of time, album. and believe me, you're talking to a dude that has no time in his life, like, for do anything. So the listener to this album was a fucking pain in the ass. Luckily, I have a horrible commute. <laughs> Thank God for my awful job. <laughs> Marcus is a certified banana bread. Guys, don't judge a book by its cover. Actually, look into it and go check out these cool ass features like a fucking LCD screen and like a speaker. Coming up next, 
We have a special guest. Be right back. Heavy metal over a six pack. Introducing guest hosts. We uh we are we're now here with a special guest uh, since we had a we had a tool tribute uh, episode today that we decided that we wanted to bring in uh kind of just go to the source. Uh, we, we brought in uh, Dave Corona. He is the uh, lead vocalist of the uh, Tool Tribute Act and right here in New England. And as far as I'm concerned, the best Tool Tribute Act here in New England, uh, the band Undertow. Dave, thank you for joining Hello. us. Hello. Thank you for joining us again. <laughs> no problem, man. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, just fun fact for the for the listening audience. You don't get to hear all the outtakes, but this is the third attempt at trying this interview. <laughs> <laughs> number three, lucky number three. Because we are, uh, you know, we're complete amateurs, but that's okay. We're we're, we're fine. That's but... totally fine. So, so completed something. So obviously the, the the buzz around this episode, Dave, that we, that we um that 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 we had was the uh, the the new the new Tool album, uh, Fear and Occupy. Yes. So as a we're gonna call you a Tool fanatic because you know you're in the tribute band. You're the you are the Maynard in the tribute band. What's your overall yep. thoughts, opinions on the, on the new album? I like the new album. It certainly isn't uh, Undertow or Anima, uh, but it's, um, you know, like I said before, it follows the progression of Tool. Their intros are longer. Their interludes are longer. The lyrics are... Uh, Maynard is, is singing his ass off on this album. There's very little, very little anger, you know? It's all, all like deep, deep emotion. If I'm correct, I think there was when he was talking about it before it came out, he was saying it has to do with like, um, like kind of coming back up after being like in the, you know, down in the, the darkest parts and stuff like that. If I'm correct, yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? But that's what he was saying. Well, Maynard, Maynard kind of said that the that the album is you know about uh, you know kind of finding yourself and 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 reflecting back on past past things in your life and and uh and and kind of moving forward uh, and he's he's into all that stuff anyway so but i mean danny carey it you know it makes sense yeah david just out of curiosity uh being being in a uh, a tribute a tribute act for tool how, how far into like the backstories do you try to get with a with like any of the albums not even just the new albums like how how far into it do you do you whether it be you personally or like the band like how far into the well, me personally, I've, you know, I read Maynard's book, um, A Contrary Union of Perfect Things or A Perfect Union of Contrary Things or something. <laughs> um, so I read that book and it, it gives some back history on Maynard and doesn't really touch on Tool too much except for when they had first started out and what they were going through as far as record deals goes and, and how they were being wooed by all these companies. And, um, uh, it you know it was pretty interesting and, and I watch a lot of interviews. I've watched a lot of interviews with with Maynard. Um, there's not very many with Danny Carey, although I haven't really searched um, because to me Maynard's the most interesting person in the band. Um, but he's also he does love the fans, but he's kind of a dick. <laughs> you know he's he's the one in the band that doesn't like to take pictures with people and things like that. The other guys are all about it. They'll, they'll have a great time with it. I feel like that's that's part of his tool persona almost, um, because I, I mean, having seen Puss for Live, one of his side projects, uh, like he gives off a completely different vibe 
Um, and he does the like the VIP meet and greets out back. Um, like he, 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 you get to drink his wine. Um, right. <clears throat> so it, I think I don't know personally whether or not that's that's just him and like because I get the impression like he has personas for each thing that he does. What's that? Come again? <laughs> I get the impression that he has personas for each project that he works on. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tiny little sure. different personalities that come out with, with little things at each different show. Like, ah, today he I'm going to wear, so this, uh, you know, I'm gonna wear been... this Kevlar helmet. And then uh, tomorrow when I play here, I'm, uh, I'm just going to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I mean, he's, you know, the guy's busy. The guy's busy as fuck. He's, you know, he's in three bands. He just took um, 13 years off. <laughs> he, he just took 13 years off from Tool. In the meantime, we've got an 85 Pussifer album yeah. and fucking two Perfect Circle albums, and he's done tours. He started a vineyard. He works the vineyard. That's, so they don't tour in uh, uh, like a like a one month or a two month span in, in the in the late summer because he actually works the vineyard. He has a um, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu studio. In Arizona that he owns. That's cool. Uh, and he's <laughs> looking into some other stuff. What's that? Restaurant. He's got a restaurant in Jerome. You know, the guy's fucking busy. So when you say he he works his own vineyard, do you know what his working title is there at the vineyard? Because as far as I understand it, he's the uh, professional bacon dunker in all of the wine vats. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> the professional what? Uh, uh, news story broke a little while ago. Uh that Maynard's uh, winery and his vineyard, his winery was uh, one of like, it made like a top 10 vegan wine list. And uh, he found out about that. And so to make it clear to people uh, what kind of vegan he was, he uh, took a picture on Twitter and uploaded it of him dunking bacon into all of the, all of the wine. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. I think, I think that the, the, uh, I think the quote was something like um, paraphrasing, uh, someone asked me if our wines were vegan, and to my horror, I found out they were. And so we have the picture of him holding a piece of bacon over one of the one of the wine vats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a funny guy. You know, he's a comedian at heart. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, or this is actually breaking news since uh, we had our our first and second attempt at this interview. Um <laughs> Taylor Swift was number one yes. in the Billboard Top yeah. 200. Oh, I love this story. Love, and love Maynard this story. and Tool Tool has since uh, supplanted her as number one. And uh, you know, of course, all the all the Taylor Swift fans are, are coming out. Who the hell is Tool? And you mm-hmm. know, these guys are old. And why don't they just move over and let the new one in? And blah blah blah. But uh, <laughs> so there's a there's a great meme that shows a picture of Maynard as Thanos. And, t- and then underneath it, Taylor Swift is just disappearing. And it says, but I don't want to go, Mr. Keenan. I don't want to go. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, in, the, well, in the same breath, this generation said Post Malone just introduced them to Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, so, yeah, right. There's a, yeah there's, right. There's, exactly. a little, there's a little hope for the future. But um, to get back to the new album, Dave, if we could, what, um, you personally, what, what are the tracks on the album that, that kind of reached you maybe more than others? Uh, well, Fear Inoculum. We've had more time to listen to it. 
and the, at first listen, uh, I uh, they debuted it on the radio on uh, WAF in Boston. <laughs> they played it on the hour every hour, so I got to hear it a couple times during uh, at some you know uh, during the afternoon. Uh, I got to hear it another time, but listening to it that first time, I'm like, oh man, that's long. This asshole singing really high, and I don't have a really high voice for that, <laughs> so it's gonna be tough. Um, but the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. I read the lyrics to it, and I really liked it. It's um, Maynard's always got deep lyrics anyway, but it's it, it's a really cool song. It's very layered. Uh, you know, starts out with guitar, adds some drums, adds some bass, and the whole intro to that song is fucking two minutes long. You know, <laughs> so. It's really an eight-minute song if you take the intro level. It's a tool lasagna. Yeah, so for me, for me, yeah, tool lasagna, exactly. For me, <laughs> I, I, uh, Fear, Fear, Fear Inoculum is a good song. Um, I love Tempest, mm-hmm. the one that starts with the seven. Um, unfortunately, it's 15 minutes long, uh, so it's a lot to get through. And uh, Numa is a, is a great song. Um, the other ones, you know, Disillusion, I mean... Uh, no, it's uh, Invincible and Defending. They're pretty good. Calling Voices is okay. It's a little long. Again, these songs are so long, you can't really, for, for me anyway, you can't throw them on repeat and just no. listen, 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 listen. These are, you know, you kind of want to digest them a little bit at a time. What would you be your response to a casual fan that are saying that, like, this sounds like exactly like 10,000 days, like, leftovers? kind of a thing like how, how, how would you how would you respond to that kind of critique of the album how would i respond to what uh so like the ge- general fan comments like like some of the stuff that i read because I, I i just like torturing myself and going through fan comments <laughs> um yeah right like there's a lot of feedback like it's oh this is like just leftovers from ten thousand days and like the stuff was like there's nothing special there's nothing different how would how would you respond to that kind of feedback to maybe the untrained ear um, I mean, is it leftover 10,000 days stuff? No, I, I don't think it is. But like I said earlier, it follows the progression of their music. You know, you start with Opiate, the songs are three minutes, four minutes long. You go to um, to Undertow, they're four, five, and six minutes long. And then in Anima, they get to be six and seven minutes long. And then you've got, you know, Push It and Third Eye, which are which are like nine and 11 minutes long on the Anima album. And then Lateralis in 10,000 Days, they just, they all follow that pattern. They were angry when they were young. They're all rich and famous now, and they're not so angry anymore. Uh (laughs) I've run out of material. (laughs) Well put. Um, I know we I know we asked this question like maybe like one of the one of the other two times that we attempted this uh, this interview, but I I, I like this question and I think it's uh, interesting. Uh, which uh, which off which tracks off the new album is uh, Undertow going to try to uh, tackle and add to their set list? Um, well, I can tell you we're working on Fear Inoculum <clears throat> right now, <laughs> and um, as with any Tool song and any any. Um, any person with musical inclination in listening to Tool or trying to play Tool could could get this. The first half of the song is generally easy, or I should say easier. It's the second half of the song that really fucks with you. <laughs> and because of uh, the timing changes that they do, they like to play in weird time signatures. <laughs> like, there, there's a part... Uh, when I, I guess you'd call it like the bridge part in, in Fear Inoculum, it goes to uh, an 11 count for the riff. Fun. 
So, so it's you know, it's fucking crazy. Um, I do. I personally want to work on Tempest, and our, my guitarist looks at me crossways and you know wants to punch <laughs> me in the head. Um, well, in all honesty, the only people you're going to get that want to hear a 15-minute fucking Tool song are like diehard fans. And when we go out and play, we do play for diehard fans, but we also play for the general masses and people that know Tool, but aren't necessarily like super Tool fans. Um, and we aren't Tool, so we, you know, we don't have, you know, the light show. And I'm not standing in the background. I'm more like <laughs> the old Maynard in front, uh, you know, dressing in costumes or body paint or doing, you know, whatever, whatever looks fun, you know. <laughs> Do we have any inside info as to any uh, new or updated costumes by uh, Maynard for these uh, for this new album? Um, no, I you know I again I'm not rich. I can't afford you know all kinds of costumes to have at hand for shows. Um, so <laughs> we, you know, oh, the we, most recent to, Perfect Circle one was awesome. Like, I do like that. I do like that a lot. Um, like and who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do Fester. something. You know. <laughs> You know, I like to I like to do things maybe that Maynard hasn't done, but would do like it's in his humor. Um, I have, you know, Elvis. You guys have seen the Elvis. Yep. Um, I've done the SWAT gear um, around. If we play around St. Patrick's Day, I'll do Leprechaun. Um, you know, Gross. so kind of have fun with it. You know. Hell yeah. So I guess I guess the next thing I ask. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we explained this to you. You're familiar with our rating system, our one our one to six point smash banana <laughs> out uh, rating system, where a score of five to six is considered certified banana bread, and a score right. of one or two is a green as fuck banana. Okay. Unless you're into that kind of thing, um, then, I mean that's fine. So I um, yeah. Fear inoculum on a on a rating of one to six. Uh, where would you uh, where would you land? Fear inoculum. I would, I would say it's four and a half smash bananas. Bam! The Daves are back um, on track. Not bad, yeah, right. The Daves are agreeing. Yes. However, I do, I, I do have an observation. You guys, this, this podcast is a great podcast, and it's called Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack. Why isn't it six smash beer bottles or six smash beer cans? Why, why smash bananas? <laughs> I actually know the answer to this. You're because to match the when we say smash um, bananas, that's the, so the event of you trying to smash a banana into a beer bottle. In the uh, in the sole creation of <laughs> us, in the sole creation of said podcast, I was looking around at other uh, works of art and whatnot. And there's this movie review called Rotten Tomatoes, and they have okay. and they have their certified fresh rating. And I was like, okay, well, these guys just decided to take like a rotten vegetable, and like that's what they use for like their movie reviews. So. I, I think me and Anthony were just like spitballing, like with like a text message kind of a thing, and I, I can't remember which one of us. I think he's the one that actually threw out something about smash bananas. And I said perfect, <laughs> perfect because smash banana, certified banana bread. We got it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So it's just it's just an attempt to at being weird, and you know when a bunch of drunk dudes get together in a circle and start, and start talking about stuff, you know weird, about bananas. weird shit happens, and every so often we get banana bread. Someday we'll get banana right. bread beer. Perfect. Probably the only time perfect. four dudes will sit around a table and talk about smashing bananas yeah <laughs> so so the so the fear inoculum banana bread would be would be kind of okay yeah yeah 
It'd be, it'd be out there. See? See? The Daves are on the same level. Again, shocker, three times in a row. So we, uh, <laughs> right? So uh, same every time. So a good, a good rating for the Fear Inoculum album, David. Was like, how would you rank it in your personal opinion versus the other? Like, what, what's, your, what's your top three when it comes to Tool albums? Um, you personally. I don't care about anybody else. You're the expert. Undertow. Undertow, Opiate, and then Anima. Sounds Those like would be a, my top three. Sounds like a really messed up weekend. <laughs> like yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does sound like a messed up weekend. Um, yeah. So I popped Holy one of these, shit. I got one of these, and I'm, got stuck in one of these. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so David, I like I like giving plugs whenever possible. I know you guys just actually played like a private party with, uh, what if I, if I read it correctly, a Deftones tribute band? What was that? Uh, this past weekend, you guys just played a show with a uh, Deftones tribute band. Did I read that right? We did. We did. We played, yeah. So the lead singer for the Deftones tribute band was uh, friends with uh, this kid that they were trying to raise money for medical bills. He he had a, a friend that was on drugs that he was trying to get to go to rehab, and the kid fucking jacked the shit out of him. So he's got all kinds of uh, plates in his mouth, and he can't talk that well. He looked good, but um, so... Yeah, so the, so the singer asked us to play this benefit with them, and we agreed. Of course, you do a benefit like that, it's no pay. Um, so we all had to drive down to Bourne for it. But they, uh, the Deftones tribute Adrenaline, um, they're great, man. They're, the, the singer gets into it, and the drummer is a fucking beast. Um, and uh, and we grew up with the uh, the guitarist from, in Foxborough. So... Uh, you know, all musically talented guys. Uh, you know, they, they've got some shows coming up, I'm sure. Um, our next show, however, I was gonna say, drum roll, what, please. What, what's under what's Undertale up to? Uh, so we've got a show at uh, Ralph's Rock Diner in Worcester. Um, Love that place. We may possibly be debuting a new Tool song that Tool themselves have not even played on tour yet Ooh. and won't have played it at that point, Hey-o. possibly. Uh, so if Heavy Metal for a six, over a six-pack wanted to come and hang out and set up shop, I'm sure Ralph yeah. wouldn't mind. We'll, t- we'll talk uh, to our people. But we're also, so, that, so that's a Friday, October 4th. Uh, we're playing at Ralph's Rock Diner with uh, Faith No More tribute band Ooh. called Midlife Crisis out of Taunton. <laughs> And and I'm psyched about that because Mike Patton is a fucking vocal god, and yeah, we this kid talk. is pretty good. <laughs> this kid emulates him pretty well. Um, and then uh, and Boss Nova's playing as well. And you guys have, have have interviewed and talked with Boss Nova before. Yeah, great. Another another group of great dudes. That's uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love I love Rail Shark Diner. Yep. That's a great venue. Well, Mr. Dave. I know it took us three times to do this, but like all the lines are moving the way it's supposed to. I can actually see stuff, and I've been I've been kind of like I think we're going to be okay this time, and we shouldn't have to do a take four. But you no are, jinx here. You, you sir are more than welcome to come and join and hang out and shoot the shit with us anytime you want because like you're you're, awesome. you're an outstanding individual. We'll set something up. It'll be awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But, I'd love to. But again, thank, thanks for taking the time and. Uh, Continue the great work with Undertow. I mean, like I said, I think you guys are, are it when it comes to the new, uh, as far as New England goes, when it comes to uh, Tool Tribute bands. Like, I love watching you guys play every single time I see you. 
It's a great show. Oh, thanks, man. And if anybody is in I the area and is around October 4th at the at Ralph's Rock Diner, one, it's an awesome venue. Two, you're, you'll get a hell of a show from I, I can speak for Boss Nova and, mm-hmm. and Undertow. And I'm sure the Faith No More guys are good, too. And, and we're closing the night, so you guys better, uh, you know, drink your five-hour energies or whatever you need because we're, we're going to be fucking blowing that place up. I'll Blast. be drinking something for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, sir, thank you again for the time, man. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. That is the end of this episode. This is Marcus, Anthony, Dave, and Jay signing off. Thank you for listening to the Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack podcast.